We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski uh, coming to you from the frozen north, uh, Northfield, Minnesota, and I have with me Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark, a little further south and hot and humid St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> yes, yes, it's probably in the 90s, and we have 70 degrees up here, Matt. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Don't rub it in, John. Okay. I know, I know. Hey, you know, we, 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 we are not want to back off from controversy. Uh, and, and there is a, a controversy that, that I think is, is very important, uh, has been going on for some time. And it has to do with the dating of festivals, when we should celebrate important festivals. Do, you know what I'm talking about? I know Matt? what you mean, John. And yeah, centuries old debate, you know, as, you know as far as when Easter well, celebrated some uh, controversy between the Eastern Church and the Western Church, right? East, there's a there's a controversy about when to celebrate Easter. Well, yeah, John, that's that's been going on for a while. Well, why would that be a controversy, Matt? Obviously, when we're celebrating it, it's the right date. It's the date that the Easter Bunny comes and delivers the chocolates and the eggs. Fine. Why would that be a controversy? I don't. Well, maybe maybe the controversy solved solve then. We'll, uh, we'll we'll write a few letters and let them know we've yeah, figured it out. I mean, the Easter Bunny's coming, isn't he? I mean, whenever <laughs> we celebrate Easter, he's here. I I, I think I don't. No, no, I was talking about the great controversy about when we're supposed to be celebrating Bacon Day. Oh, that controversy. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know that? Gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, uh, you know, uh, uh, my stepdaughter was telling me that we're supposed to celebrate it December 30th, but you told me that we're supposed to celebrate it September 5th. So what what's going on there? <laughs> well, yeah, I think, and then I think what there's a national bacon day, and what is it an international bacon day? Is that the case? Well, I, I've heard that distinction made, but do we need that kind of distinction, Matt? Seriously, shouldn't bacon be something that all people celebrate? Is there really a need? Actually, I have a solution. Because I know there are people that are going to say, no, no, since we're making America great, we need to celebrate it on, on uh, December 30th. And then, of course, there are the globalists who would argue, no, no, we need to celebrate it on September 5th because that's International Bacon Day. But I think I have a compromise that will make both uh, the people that are for America and also the globalists happy. Oh, good, my Let's hear it. Well, my solution is I think we should celebrate both days. <laughs> In fact, I think we have Taco Tuesday. Tuesday, right? We have to, we all Taco acknowledge Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. I think we need to have, what do you think? Bacon Friday? I, I don't know. What day of the week do you think would be good for bacon? Yeah, I know. I, well, I think any day of the week would be good for bacon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. Weekly. What, why? Why? You know, just, you know, why limit our love of bacon to just two days a year? Why not? <laughs> why not once a week? 
So this is our appeal. This is Matt and my appeal. Let's stop the arguing. Let's stop the fighting. It's senseless people. We all love bacon. Any day is a good day we, to we, celebrate yeah, that's bacon. That's right. That's right. Well, last week we talked about 2020 and, you know, what a rough year it's been. Um, you know, and we, we only have two bacon days. What do you expect? Uh, <laughs> now, if we have more bacon days, I don't know. It's worth a try. It might help. <laughs> well, his mercies are new every morning. You read to us from Lamentations chapter three. And part of those mercies is that you can have bacon every morning, every afternoon and evening. In fact, if you'd like. <laughs> That's right. It's part of the new covenant, Matt. That's what we need to celebrate. Yes, the old covenant, you couldn't do that. But now in the new, in fact, let me tell you something, Matt. Even as a victim of a heart attack, I can have turkey bacon. And it ain't bad, Matt. It ain't bad. The turkey bacon. Bacon. I thought that was one of the main reasons you you moved to uh, Minnesota for these uh, summer months is they, their bacon is more <laughs> abundant That's up right. there, apparently. There is an abundance, yeah. No <laughs> shortage. Of, again, another thing to celebrate. We may not be able to find toilet paper, but there's still plenty of bacon out there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, enough of that. I hope we've ended that controversy. There's too much controversy in our world. We don't need to be arguing about when to have a bacon day. But that's solving um, problems, John. Like you're impressed with the basic. That's right. Luke 19, Matt. Luke okay. 19. Um, so we want to do the story of Zacchaeus. Have you ever done the story of Zacchaeus? Well, sure. The the wee little man in the the tree. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's in the lectionary, isn't it? Doesn't it come up uh, every three years in the year of Luke? Don't we have Zacchaeus? Oh, probably so. I guess it seems yeah. like I preach on it. I mean, it's it's one of those standard Sunday school stories. It feels like uh, that that you learn at an early age, usually. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a good account. Okay, we'll do that. In just a couple of minutes, Matt. Give us the overview of the story of Zacchaeus. Oh, good. Yeah. So we've, uh, uh, Jesus encounters this, uh, this man who's a tax collector. His name is Zacchaeus. And, uh, he climbs up into this. I think it's interesting how specific the account is a sycamore tree. Sycamore tree. Yeah. Kind of tree. And, uh, because he wants to see Jesus and there's a, a crowd around him. And, uh, it says that he was of, uh, you know, small stature. So I guess he was a shorter guy. Um, and Jesus tells him to come down and he's I'm going to your house today. And basically, uh, Zacchaeus has this change of heart. It, you know, it comes to repentance, and he uh, restores and pays back uh, what what he's taken from people, um, you know, unethically taken from people, and and he's changed. So uh, yeah, pretty pretty cool. And again, I like the, the little details that Luke includes in that account. So 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 that's the story. Like you say, we we we've heard. I, I probably preached on it in my forty years of ministry, probably a, a dozen times. Uh, we know it well from Sunday school, but but I learned something about the story of Zacchaeus this last year that I'd never known before. This chapter 19, by the way, is the conclusion of Luke's uh, narrative of the story of Jesus, because in chapter 20, he begins his uh, description of Holy Week. And it occurs to me that what's happening in the story of Zacchaeus is actually a summary of everything that Luke has taught us up to this point. So could we read through the story, and I'll, I'll show you how it's not just this story about Zacchaeus, but it's actually Luke trying to summarize everything else he's been teaching us in his gospel. So this can is kind of a, a, a crucial section, kind of a pivot point for Luke's gospel, this, uh, right. this account. 
Okay. And then after this, of course, we go right away into the story of Jesus' suffering and death on the cross. So so start, if you would, in chapter 19, and I'll just stop you. Okay. Well, actually, I'm going to stop you right away in verse 2 here. Go ahead. Uh, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. All right, now that's that's the key word there. He was rich. Because I had not thought about this before, but Luke's gospel is filled with stories about rich men. Do, do you remember some of the stories about rich men that Luke records? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I know uh, what, what came to my mind as you were saying that was, uh, you know, Mary's song is recorded in, in Luke, and she talks about the the rich being sent away empty. You know, so yeah, she's yeah. Yeah, talking right. about From rich green, men, but doing it From in the very first way. chapter. Yeah, the rich get sent away empty. Okay, go ahead. That's one. All right, other other rich men stories in the Gospel of Luke. Yeah, and I know uh, the the parable of the the rich fool. I think is in Luke, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which and what's that parable? Yeah, um, that that's the one where um, the, the the guy you know the the land produces plentifully and he's going to build larger barns to to store his surplus and uh, you know set himself up for many years, right? And then uh, he dies that night. Uh, his life is taken from him, and he's right. called a fool. Yep. Yep. You you fool. Your soul is required of you. All right. That's two. Number three. What's the other big rich man story in the Gospel of Luke? You're doing great here, Matt. You might win the million dollars. But I know you got the you got the rich man and Lazarus. I'm. Uh, is that in Luke, John? It's in Luke too. Yes. All yes. right. Yay. So. So you have this man who has everything, and the poor man, of course, who who lays outside of his his yeah. gates, and and the rich man doesn't do anything for him. The dogs lick the poor man's wounds, and of course, what happens to that rich man in the end? Well, it doesn't turn out well, John. So yeah, he ends up uh, in hell. Yeah, he's uh, in hell, and and uh, and it seems like in misery and torment there, wanting just a drop of water, even. So, so I really appreciate that you you remembered Mary's words. The rich are sent away empty. So we have the the rich farmer. Oh, he he's a fool. His soul is required of him. We've got the the rich man in Lazarus, and again he's he's sent down to Hades. There's one more big rich man story, and, and it comes just immediately before the story of Zacchaeus, which I think is really really striking. Do you remember the the final rich man story in the Gospel of Luke? Oh yeah, uh, um, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the the guy who asks uh, what he needs to do to inherit eternal life, right? You are the winner, Matt. <laughs> you got them all. And how does that story end? Uh, well, I, he uh, it goes away uh, saddened, I think, right? Because of his great wealth. Yeah, well, what did Jesus tell him? Because he says, what do I need to do? And what does Jesus tell me needs to do? Well, you know... Uh, I'm looking at it now, you know, right? Uh, That's so fair. I'm I'm cheating. Sorry, we're taking the prize back. (laughs) (laughs) There is no phone a friend in this game. (laughs) I'm sorry. But okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, uh, to 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 keep the commandments basically, and uh, and he says, says, "I've I've done that. I've I've done done all these. You know, I need to do check those boxes, right?" And then one thing you lack, Jesus says, uh, "Sell all you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me." Uh, And he's yeah. Yeah, and then he hears these things and becomes very sad. Oh, what a shame. Because he's so rich. Because he's yeah, so rich. Exactly. Sell all you have. Sell all you have. Did you ever see the connection of those stories before, Matt? Yeah, that's kind of cool. And they're all they're all in Luke's gospel, like you pointed out. Yeah, that's... Yeah, uh, that's yeah, 
I've dealt with them all individually, yes. but I've never seen that they're all there connected in Luke. And so we have this guy, Zacchaeus. He's a tax collector and he's rich. And of course, if we're listening to this, we're thinking, well, we know what's going to happen to him, right? Because we already see what happens to rich people. Not going to well. <laughs> and some of those rich people were actually pretty good people. You know, they kept all the law and this guy's a tax collector. I'm just trying to say Luke is setting up a, ter- a powerful, yeah. powerful surprise in this text. Yeah, let's yeah. Keep, let, let's keep reading, though. I think that's ahead, great. Matt, just real quick, I think that's neat, John. You know, I mean, it's uh, Zacchaeus. Is it, it, it? It shouldn't be what we expect if you read it within the context of Luke's gospel. I think that's neat yeah. because it's it's one that's so familiar. Maybe we forget that. So that's that's a good insight. Okay, um, so verse three. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was of small stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. Here, here, here's a one-liner I, I read across as I was studying for this. So Zacchaeus sees Jesus through a sycamore tree. We see Jesus through the tree of the cross. Oh, that's cool. I, I don't remember who wrote that, but I thought that was kind of a neat comment. Um, all right, keep on, keep on reading, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Why so specific, John? Why do you think they they even mention? Why does Luke mention the I, sycamore tree? Any any guesses? On I, that? I, I, well, I'm, my only thought is 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 that Luke is a historian, and he constantly wants to remind us he's not. This is not a story about Zacchaeus. Yeah. This is not like we're making up a story to kind of summarize Luke's teaching. No, this is reality. This actually happened because everything that's taught in the Bible is reality. As you pointed out last week, Lamentations, that's reality. (laughs) That's not poetry. That's what we're going through. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what what thought did you have? Obviously, have you wrestled with that? Well, no, I I, I'm with you. I think I just love the the specific nature of it. And uh, anytime that the type of tree is mentioned or the number of fish that are caught, you know, all those details, again, I think, as you said, just uh, again, support the fact that this really happened. These are eyewitness accounts that we have here. Uh, it's not made up. And, and Luke, even if he didn't observe it himself, he's certainly talking to people who did as he records this and doing uh, his work as a researcher. So, yeah, I, I think it's cool. I, I appreciate those uh, details for sure. Yeah, yeah. if it's a fairy tale, we don't care what yeah. kind of tree it is. But if it's history, well, yeah, you might make note of that. Yeah. Um, all right, keep keep on reading verse 5. Okay. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. By the way, doesn't it always just cause you to marvel? Jesus knows his name. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> I mean, cool. he doesn't know Jesus. He's In fact, he's trying to see Jesus for the first time. Jesus already knows. I, I just like that verse. Uh, Zacchaeus. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Matt. And I wonder if that bring did that bring comfort to Zacchaeus or did that bring uh, distress to Zacchaeus <laughs> that Jesus knows him by name? Just, I don't know. I, I you know, see. I'm 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 the optimist. You're the pessimist. <laughs> Because <laughs> I just thought, oh, but you're right. Maybe if you're a rich tax collector, uh, maybe that's not really good that he knows you by name because yeah. then he knows who you are as well. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, Matt, the the question you raised is answered in the next verse. I, I just realized that. So read verse six. Oh, yeah. Here he goes. I, it's it's a good thing, right? Yeah. But verse six. So he hurried down. <laughs> can you, you can picture him shimmying down the tree. Yep. yep. And he received him joyfully. So. Yeah, it seems as though Zacchaeus, I don't know if he knows what he's in for as in terms of conversation with <laughs> Jesus, but that he's happy that he, he he called him out of the crowd. At this point, he's 
joyful even. And 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 read verse seven though, because here's a second parallel you see in the Gospel of Luke. Read okay. verse seven. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. <laughs> he has gone to be the guest of a man who was a sinner. <laughs> Yeah, so you got Zacchaeus's joy, and you've got they. Now, isn't that interesting, Matt? We're not told who they are. Yeah. <laughs> it's just they, and they're all grumbling. Why? Yeah, because he's going to the house of a sinner. Jesus is going to Zacchaeus's place. So this is a theme throughout the whole Gospel of Luke, too, that, that wherever you find joy, you, you always find also uh, a grumbling uh, and and uh, rejection, because uh, that's what they're doing, right? They're rejecting what Jesus is doing here. He shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Um, now, now one of the stories you'll know right off off the bat. Uh, the other is a little more obscure. I, I honestly had to go do some research myself, do some searching here. But but you remember the story in Luke again? Uh, I believe it's unique to Luke, isn't it? The story of the uh, lost sheep. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, Matt, how does that story end when, when the shepherd finds his sheep? Well, then the, the shepherd leaves the 99, searches for that one, and then carries it home rejoicing. Yeah, same word we have here. So there's great joy over this one sinner who repents. However, do you remember how that series of stories starts? Because there's a series of lost things. Is it, it yeah. prodigal son? Is that the one they picks? Prodigal picks son's in there. The lost yeah. coin's in there. Uh, I think it's Luke 15, isn't it, oh, yeah. Matt? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it starts the same way that it's the same controversy we have here was there, too, that Jesus is hanging out with sinners. And what what are the what are the what, what, does it list who it is there? Is it the scribes and the Pharisees? Matt, have you got it in front of you? Oh, yeah. So I'm in uh, Luke 15. It says now tax collectors and sinners were drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, "This man receives sinners and eats with them." Yeah. So the exact same thing we have here in Luke 19. The tax uh, no the tax collectors and sinners uh, they're rejoicing over him. Are uh, uh, actually in this context, God is rejoicing over them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the scribes and the Pharisees are grumbling. And again, if you read through Luke, I, I, I can't read all of them. We don't have time. But you got that same theme. Uh, Luke six says, "Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, and revile you, and spurn your name as evil." On account of the Son of Man. Same thing we got in our text, grumbling that he would receive sinners. And you know what Jesus says we're supposed to do when people hate us and revile us? He says, rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. Um, you've got the same thing uh, when he says that uh, he gives us authority to tread on serpents and scorpions in Luke 10. Nevertheless, he says, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in the heaven. Um, there is this other story about uh, all the adversaries. Oh, oh, I remember the story, Matt. Remember when the, the woman, uh, there was the sick woman and, and, and came into the synagogue and, and Jesus healed her on a Sabbath. And I bet you can remember what, what all the scribes and Pharisees said about Jesus healing her. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, just they're criticizing him for healing on the Sabbath day. 
Yeah. And so again, they're, they're grumbling and, and, and they're complaining. And yet Jesus says, look, if you had an ox fall into a yeah. well, wouldn't you go after it? <laughs> would, wouldn't you do that? And this is, this is a daughter of Abraham, by the way, remember that? Cause that'll come back in a second. This is a daughter of Abraham. Shouldn't she be healed? And this is what we said, said about the people. As he said, these things, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. So I just want to point out that's another theme in Zacchaeus, the theme of grumbling and joy. Uh, uh, the, the people that think they're good and holy, oh, they grumble. But the sinners, they're, they're always rejoicing at Jesus Christ. All right, I've got one more theme. So let's finish up this story if we could, Matt, uh, at verse 8. Okay. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So that's the last theme that you find in Luke, this whole image of the son of Abraham. And the question, of course, is who is a true son of Abraham? Yeah. Uh, and you and I know the answer, but before, before we, we give the answer, it's interesting. This has been a question from the beginning of the Gospel of Luke. Uh, you wouldn't happen to remember what uh, uh, John the Baptist has to say about the uh, people who came to him to be baptized to him. Do you remember that? Uh, it's from Luke chapter 3, uh, verses 7 through 9. Uh, yeah, when he's, let, uh, let's see here, Luke 3, 7 through 9. Uh, yeah, he said, uh, you brood of vipers who warn you to flee from the wrath to come, bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children of Abraham. So there you go. So from the very beginning, the question is, who truly is a uh, son of Abraham? Well, it's not these scribes and Pharisees, not these people that are doing so many good works, at least in their eyes, not these men that are so concerned about keeping the laws of Moses. Um, and, and again, you look through through Luke, you have this constant theme of who's the child of Abraham. As I said, we have this this woman that he heals on the Sabbath. He refers to as a daughter of Abraham. Do you remember what you talked about earlier, Matt, about the story of the rich man and Lazarus? Where does Lazarus go? He goes to Abraham's side. See, there it is again. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, so the true son of Abraham is who, Matt? Uh, those who have faith in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that's what makes you a son of Abraham. Those who come looking for Jesus, although the irony is, of course, is Jesus is actually looking for you. <laughs> sometimes we come to him, sometimes he comes to us, but ultimately he is the one. And, and if you could read then the, the last verse there, verse 10, because this is the summary of everything Luke has told us up until this point. Uh, what's, what's it say there in verse 10? For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Yeah, see, that's the theme of the Gospel of Luke, and that will find its ultimate completion uh, in what Jesus will do now in Luke 20 to the end, which is his suffering, death, and resurrection. There's one last quick thing I want to throw in real quick, Matt. So what is it that Zacchaeus says he'll do? Now, now this is good. I'm not saying this isn't good. This shows that this Zacchaeus has faith, because there's always fruit where there is faith. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so what is what does Zacchaeus promise he'll do? Yeah, half of his goods he'll give to the poor, and if he's defrauded anyone, he'll restore it fourfold. 
and I, and I just want to point out this restoration of fourfold actually was just what the law requires. If you go back and read through the Old Testament, that's what you were supposed to do if you defrauded someone. You paid them back plus four. But what was he going to do for the poor? He'll give away half his goods. Is that enough, Matt? Is that enough? Well, no. <laughs> yeah, what did, he, what did he tell the other rich man? Well, he told the other rich man, uh, right, you know, in the chapter right before, yeah. uh, sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor. Yeah. So let's make it clear what Zacchaeus is doing is good. And it's what all Christians should do. There should be fruit of our faith. But if, if Zacchaeus or anyone else thought, oh, this is what gave Zacchaeus salvation, if this is why God forgave Zacchaeus, is because of his generosity. Nope. Nope. That's not enough. God wants everything, not just half. But again, that's the whole point. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's how we get salvation, is through the Son of Man, who is Jesus Christ. So anyway, Matt, thank you for, I, I should have sent you all of this stuff in advance. I apologize for that. Thank you for rushing through the, I could hear the pages flipping. Uh, obviously, you don't have a mouse to scroll. Yeah, I'm not scrolling, <laughs> I'm flipping still. <laughs> okay. But uh, I, I appreciate you giving me the chance to share all of these themes uh, in the Gospel of Luke, particularly uh, the Son of Man comes to seek and save the lost. This has been Wrestling, wrestling with, with the basics. The basics. <laughs>